Let us go. All right. Welcome to the Be Kind Podcast with your host, Joe Kirkner. Presented by the Animal Advocates of South Central Pennsylvania. Welcome, everybody, to the Be Kind Podcast. I am Joe, a member of the Animal Advocates of South Central PA, joined by John, another member. And this week, we're joined by Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. And just a reminder, we are part of the Animal Advocates mission to create a more compassionate world for all living creatures, whether or not they have high cholesterol, low cholesterol, high blood pressure, low blood pressure. All creatures and animals deserve to be loved, and we're out here to make a world where they can be loved. And if you want to reach us, bekindpodcast at gmail.com or find the Animal Advocates on Facebook. And why am I talking about all sorts of different health-related things? It's because today we are joined by Stephanie, who is a nutritionist who happens to be vegan. So, Stephanie, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and your vegan journey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be back. Yeah, so I went vegetarian first, uh, probably when I was um, a junior in college, I think. Um, so maybe around 2007, 2008, I started experimenting with vegetarianism. Um, part of our undergrad program, um, we had the option of taking a vegetarian cooking workshop, um, <clears throat> which was really awesome because I got credits for being in the kitchen all day, learning how to make standard meals into vegetarian or vegan meals. Um, and so that really gave me a lot of confidence to say, oh, you know, this isn't really that hard. And um, part of the workshop was also learning a lot about the environmental issues, the health issues. They actually didn't talk a lot about the animal issues, which I look back at that now and say, oh, I wish they would have. Um, but anyway, so I went vegetarian and then um, my cousin went vegan several years later out of the blue and like totally changed his health. I mean, really did some amazing things. And that inspired me to just take a look at my values and my behaviors and were they aligning and I decided to give it a try and just kind of experiment with it. Once I started doing it and I was like, oh, this is fun and there's a lot you can do. I also realized dairy was in everything. And I was like, why is dairy in everything? That doesn't make any sense. And then I just started learning more and more about the food industry and how it's intertwined with everything. All of our nutrition education I got in school and um, I learned more about the animal rights uh, aspects of it and once I learned that it was like never going back um, so that was probably in 2013 I officially went vegan and I've been ever since nice so the listeners have heard a little bit about your vegan journey how that relates to your career in our previous discussion so we won't dive into that too too much but since we talked to you last has any big updates happened in your career or your work in response to the current pandemic or health crises? My daily work has changed a little bit. Um, I work at the Cancer Institute in Lancaster and we were doing a lot of in-person visits. Now we're doing a lot of telephone calls, which we did prior anyway, just to keep close tabs on people. But that that's probably been the biggest thing that has changed since the pandemic. Luckily, I still get to work and I still, you know, get to help these people every day. Yeah, I would say that's probably all. 
And so do your clients, do you find that they're more interested in, let's say, some of the more health benefits of a vegan diet they see? I know a lot of the articles I see around are saying things like, eat these five foods to boost your immune system, or eight reasons why a vegan diet helps you fight off COVID-19. Do you ever hear anything like mm. that? Oh, no, oddly, I don't, no. Um, you know, I think not in terms of COVID, you know, in terms of cancer, yes. People, one of the biggest questions I get asked every day is, what should I be eating now that I have cancer or to prevent recurrence now that I'm done with my treatment? Um, and that's that's what I really love about my work is that I get to actually talk about a plant-based diet. Um, and, you know, that's what I live for is to be able to say, yes, you know, you're at this point in your life where you've had a major life-changing event and that's often a big motivator for people, unfortunately, um, and it gives us an opportunity to really talk about, well, this is what's recommended based on science. Tell me what you're doing, and let's talk about how we can bring those two things together. And we are recording this in January, which is often dubbed Veganuary for many a veg-interested individual or just person looking to explore different ways of eating. So let's play a game where you assume I am a person coming and saying, you know, I want to try a vegan diet for this month in a way that's nutritionally healthy and beneficial. How should I go about doing that? Yeah. Yeah. This, you know, Veganuary, I actually didn't know about this until like five days ago when I listened to a podcast. I was like, oh, Veganuary, that's a thing. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, so if you, you know, you coming to me saying that, uh, the first thing I would ask you is what are your motivations? Um, I think that's really, really important to get clear right off the bat is to just take some time, sit down, find like 10 to 30 minutes of your day to just get quiet and really think about what it is you want to accomplish and what's driving that desire to, you know, choose vegan, because that's what you're going to come back to over and over again. And then once you figure out your motivations, whether it's health or animals or the environment, justice. There's so, I mean, there's so many reasons to go vegan. Um, you figure out what your reasons are and there might be a bunch of them. Um, and then you plan you say, okay, well, what does my, what does my eating look like now? And how do I get to a place where there is less animals in my meals? And then, um, I always encourage people to find like great cookbooks or blogs or meal planner sites and like, just sit down and go through them and see what looks good and make a plan for the week or a couple of days, depending on, you know, not everybody likes to plan for a full week. I'm a planner. So I, I could plan every minute of every day of my life if you ask me to, um, <laughs> but it's not always healthy. Um, but so plan, so planning is really important to so figure out what you're going to eat for the week, go to the grocery store, get what you need. Um, sometimes if you're making a full transition, it means getting rid of things in your cabinet that aren't vegan you know, either giving them to friends or if somebody else in your household is eating them, that's fine. Giving it to a food pantry, you know, somewhere where, you know, I wouldn't suggest throwing in the trash, but certainly give it to other people who would use it and then kind of start fresh. Just fill your pantry with new things based on what you like and keep it really simple too. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be, you know, over the top five course meals or 30 ingredients in every meal. It can be really, really easy. And when you're starting off, that's probably the best way to go is to keep it simple. But planning is, I cannot emphasize how important planning is. In today's world too, I mean, there's so many good options for planning. There's like, there's several websites that help you meal plan specifically on vegan diets. There's tons of blogs out there now. There's 
amazing cookbooks. I mean, the resources are endless. You just have to get your hands on them and find the ones that work for you. And that can really help. Part of the challenge I find with doing research on these things is there's just so much out there, so many blogs and websites and cookbooks and articles, and it's really hard to separate the wheat from the chaff sometimes. So from your experience, what are some go-to resources you point people towards? Yeah, yeah. So so for vegan nutrition and health, probably want to go to, there's a really great um, website uh, that was um, created by a registered dietitian who's vegan. It's called Vegan Health. They uh, have a variety of information on there, but everything you want to know about nutrition is there, and it's all evidence-based recommendations. Um, I don't think he has recipes, but he really talks about all the nutrients you need to make sure you're getting enough of, tips for new vegans. Um, he has some information on research, if you're a research data type person, but that's you know that's not the whole the whole um, site, and then I would say for hmm, for wet, uh, for like recipes and meal planning, I've been using a lot lately. Choose Veg; um, they have a really great meal planner. Uh, I think I think you have to pay for it. I think I signed up for like the trial and realized I never canceled it, so I think I'm still paying for it, <laughs> and which is good because I I remembered that and I was like, oh yeah, I need to use that. Um, and I've been using that for the past couple of weeks, and it's amazing. Um, it gives you like breakfast, lunch, and dinner options, and you can scroll through like three different options, and then you can choose the meals, and then it incorporates it right into a grocery list that you can add things to that if you need, like, I don't know, paper towels, you can add that to the list too. Then you you have like your list right there, and then you have your meals for the rest of the week. It's really great. Um, Those would be the two places I've been using a lot lately, and I think are really good for beginners. Uh, So that's veganhealth.org, and then the Choose Veg Meal Planner. Part of the Veganuary experience that some people have a criticism about is they almost frame it as a challenge and as this limited time span for which to practice Mm -hmm. the diet. And a lot of vegans discover this too, where it's difficult to maintain it long term. And I'm sure through your work as nutritionist, you don't prescribe or you probably typically don't prescribe diets or lifestyle changes that are going to be finite in length, but instead make it an indefinite amount of time or a complete lifestyle permanent change. What are some advice you give to people who are maybe experimenting veganism but are finding it hard to stick to it for an extended period of time? Yeah, that's a great question because that does come up a lot. You know, when I talk to anybody about eating and making changes, we talk about what's sustainable. Um, And sometimes, you know, you have to take it in small doses and small steps. So if you're finding it hard to be completely vegan, you know, don't give up. You know, every day is a new opportunity to start again. Um, but maybe you start smaller. Maybe, you know, if you're not even vegetarian, maybe you start there. Um, or maybe you start with one meal a week or two meals a week. You choose something that feels doable. So trying to climb a mountain without enough energy or resources isn't going to work. So you have to really assess where you're at, what you can do, what's realistic in your life. Nobody can tell you that except yourself. And then take it in small pieces and don't get discouraged. You know, veganism is not perfection. It's not something that we're ever going to fully master. We all end up eating something by accident or we all we all have moments where it's hard. So, so don't give up and find other people who are doing it too. So 
like if there's not a lot of friends or family in your life that are vegan, um, certainly go to, like, if, if you're on social media, uh, which you don't have to be, but if you are, you know, follow people who are doing this um, and find a community where you can really get support from that'll tell you, you know, here's what's helped me or, you know, keep going. Finding, finding others to help can be, can be crucial to keeping it long term. Yeah, I agree. I, it's, having that support system is so important. I mean, if you don't, then it, it really it it's harder for you to keep it going. And I, I've seen that so many times. And even with, you know, we've done the vegan challenge thing through Animal Advocates, and we had a few drop off because after the challenge, because we didn't they didn't really connect with us again and instead of coming mm-hmm. back and like keeping up with things like they kind of just fell off the wagon and it's like ah oh, geez and we try and get them back and some of them actually did i think from the previous challenge i think we did have like one or two that came back and did it again and they've actually stuck with it now but yeah it, it's important to have that support it is and i i love that you guys did that challenge because it does i knew a couple people who did it and they loved it mm-hmm. by the way and they just thought it was so helpful and exciting and you know but again it comes back to not only support but thinking about your motivations like why are you doing this in those moments where it's hard Mm -hmm. you have to come back to okay what are the reasons and that usually ends up going like so challenges i think of them as like external motivation right you have like somebody kind of you're you're accountable to you have this deadline you have these external forces influencing your behavior but when you start to really think more about your motivations that turns into what like what we consider intrinsic motivation which is a lot a lot more sustainable in the future and it'll keep you doing it yeah i I agree yeah speaking of the challenge uh you actually kind of helped out with that a little bit uh with our zoom we had a zoom uh meeting and it was really it was really informative i I loved what you were saying and stuff, and we were actually talking about supplements and stuff like that and Could you expand a little bit on that like what are like really important supplements as a vegan to have in your life? That's a great question that I think gets kind of muddy for a lot of people, and it depends on who you ask right I, mean, I yeah I think i <laughs> unless you you know if you're eating pounds of nooch daily <laughs> i feel um, i feel then, attacked <laughs> you're calling me out here and <laughs> maybe you forgo the b12 but for most people or people who aren't eating a lot of it um <laughs> and for those who aren't aware nutritional yeast or as it's lovingly called nooch um is often fortified with b12 but it's not always so like for example we we get our um, nutritional yeast from an Amish store down the road. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's Red Star and I have no idea if it's supplemented. So I take a B12 supplement. So unless you're getting fortified B12 nutritional yeast, you'll likely need to take um, a B12 supplement. And that one I, I always highlight as the most important because the the long-term deficiency of B12 can lead to irreversible damage in terms of your nerves. Um, it can also cause anemia. The anemia is reversible, but sometimes the nerve damage is not. So it's something that's super avoidable. So I always just tell people, if you can just take a supplement, um, they come in liquid form and, uh, a chewable form too. So those are nice. Another one to consider would be calcium. So calcium is definitely attainable through food alone. 
Um, but you have to be really intentional about it. You have to really know your calcium food sources and make sure, again, coming back to planning, you know, making sure that your snacks and your meals are including different calcium foods in it. Um, if you're doing that, then it's great. If not, you could consider a calcium supplement a couple times a week. Alongside that, to help with your bone health, um, vitamin D. Most people, even people who do eat meat and animal products, need vitamin D, um, mostly because there's really no good food source of it. It's actually not a vitamin. It's, you know, the sun. We get it from the sun. It creates, it's actually like sitting in our skin. And when the sun hits it, it creates this nutrient that helps with our bones. Um, so I would say vitamin D supplement, especially in this area, especially even just in the winter, if you wanted to consider it, most of the time, if you're getting outside like 10 to 15 minutes in the middle of the day in the summer, you're probably getting enough vitamin D, but um, winter time, consider vitamin D. And then the other one I would say most people end up needing is, not most people, I take that back. A lot of women in general, even if they do, again, even if they eat meat, become iron deficient. Um, especially if you're of like menstrual age. So consider an iron supplement if you're deficient. So I would say follow with your doctor closely and they'll check your blood. And it's in a standard blood test that you would get for like an annual physical. And they might say, hey, you're, you know, your, your blood work looks a little bit like you might have anemia. Then I would say you want to try supplementing with an iron supplement. I would say those would be the top things to consider. Mm-hmm. And like you just said, a lot of times you can figure out what exactly you need just by getting a simple, I call it the make sure I'm not dying blood test from your doctor. <laughs> yes. It's pretty important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a standard one that, that they do for almost for everybody for once or twice a year. Yeah. Yeah, I always get it just to see that. And I take, I th- I take B12, iron, and calcium, just like you said, because I figure better yeah. safe than sorry. And the brand I use is Uve, Y-U-V-E. So I'll put a oh. link to that in the show notes. And it's mm. the only iron supplement I've ever taken that helps me not be anemic. So it works huh, great. Nice. Ooh, that's int- I've never heard of that one. It's a kind of a hippie crunchy kind of one so it's not too (laughs) mainstream and i think it's only online but yeah it's been great and i'm going to do my stereotypical vegan you know actually well anytime a (laughs) person consumes animal product says well b12 you need only animals cabin because that's what we're supposed to eat actually animals get supplements for b12 as well so when you eat the animals get b12 from them you're actually just getting an indirect version of b12 supplements because originally it was in the soil and then but because (laughs) we tend to exploit our natural resources we diluted all the b12 in the soil and we no longer get it naturally so we have to supplement it into the food we eat so that's mm. fun fact. Amen. It? Yeah. That's, <laughs> I love that you know that because that's such an important piece of information that not enough people know. Yeah. The brand of supplements I've been using, because that's the other thing about supplements is they're not, um, they're not regulated. So you really have no idea what's in them unless you trust the company. Mm-hmm. Another good one is Garden of Life. And they have a vegan line now um, because vitamin D is often not vegan if you're taking it in capsule form. Um, so I would, you know, definitely check your supplements too, to make sure that they're not derived from animals. Yeah. I was at the store just yesterday trying to get a vitamin D supplement and they were all made from gelatin parentheses bovine. So it was very annoying. (laughs) Yeah. So now I have to go online and buy some. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that- unfortunately. And places like GNC, I actually think, did I get, I may have gotten one recently at GNC from Garden of Life that was, that was vegan. But yeah, online is always an option. Mm-hmm. And similar to how vegan community supports fellow vegans and helps them keep practicing it, alternatively, we live in a non-vegan world where often we're put into situations with lots and lots of non-vegans doing very non-vegan things, whether it's a holiday party with your family, get together at work, going out to eat at a restaurant that doesn't have extensive vegan options. Do you ever offer your clients advice on how to navigate being vegan in non-vegan situations? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say one is especially, well, in COVID times, a lot of people, it hasn't been as much of an issue because we're not gathering and eating together mm-hmm. um, like we used to. Um, but I would say in a non-COVID world, um, you know, bring your own dishes. Offer whoever's hosting to say, hey, I'll bring a meal for me to share or an appetizer that everybody can sh- you can share with everybody. Because not only then you have options, but then you can show other people how good your food is and that we're not just over here eating like lettuce and, you know, raw carrots all day. And and just, you know, if you feel that talking about it isn't comfortable for you, then you don't have to, you know. Um, you don't have to explain your choices to anybody unless you want to. And it, I often have learned, though, that at the dinner table is not always a great place to talk about it because people get very sensitive. Um, and so I would, you know, just know your audience and know, you know, know your, the people you're around and what they're comfortable talking about and when, but it's always nice when people bring it up to you, right? It's like, if somebody asks you about it, like, oh yeah, like, and then you, you know, you feel more free to share. I always offer if I bring, um, we were, when we, I was with my family, I, we made, um, some breakfast sausages from, I think it was beyond, I don't remember which brand it was. And they were really, really good. And like mm-hmm. the whole house smelled like it. And everybody was like, what <laughs> are you cooking meat? And I was like, no, do you want to try this? And you know, a couple of them are hunters and they're like, yeah, this is good. And it was, you know, it's like one of the happiest moments when you, you give somebody vegan food and they're like, oh wow, this is actually really good. So those are, those are definitely cool times yeah i love it when that happens when it's like you're you're surrounded by like carnivores and they're like they're so mystified by what you're making and then you don't expect them to actually like say i want to try this and then you do they do and you're like oh snap okay here try it and then it's even more of a shock when they're like oh wow (laughs) it's like see yeah see told you this could be done (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, like i i made this year i made um my family has a hungarian cookie recipe called uh, kiffel and i've been trying to master the vegan recipe version because it uses sour cream butter i've been trying to figure out the right ratios for a couple of years and i finally did and my family's like this is better than the original and i was just you know you just can't beat that can you tell us more about what that is yeah, sour cream <laughs> and cookies yeah yeah so it's it's kind of like how do i describe the dough it's like a buttery flaky not like a croissant but it's maybe like a mix between like a croissant and a shortbread cookie okay so you you cream butter and sugar and then you add sour cream um i'm sorry not sour cream cream cheese cream cheese. that <laughs> makes a lot more sense <laughs> <laughs> we're both like looking Although, at each other like what <laughs> yeah no you can put sour cream in cookies or or cakes i have actually seen that okay. happen but this is cream cheese okay cream um, cheese. That, okay. yes cream cheese yep yes <laughs> I, I do that too so don't worry i, I always make okay. that confusion <laughs> uh, yeah and it was re- yeah it's really good 
And to anyone out there who doesn't like cooking or anything like that, I always recommend going to a local vegan business, bakery, restaurant, whatever, and just buying a bunch of stuff and bringing that to whatever thing you're going to. Because that way you're also supporting a local vegan business or supporting a business that's offering vegan options so they stay around and continue offering those options, which is a huge part about being able to continue practicing a vegan lifestyle is making veganism mainstream and accessible and profitable for these businesses i like my coffee black when i go out and get coffee i always get the milk based the plant-based milks in my coffee just because i want to make sure it's on the menu because i know other people it might be a deal breaker for right yeah that's a great point and um because they will they'll they'll stop they'll stop buying those options if people aren't using them so that's yeah that's great and we're coming up on half hour, so I just want to any pick your brain on any final bits of advice you could give people to help live healthier in 2021 or in general or just not even healthier because veganism isn't all about the health, but I believe that veganism does give you better mental health sometimes because your ethics align better with your actions, but that's a whole other tangent we could <laughs> go on as well. But any other final bits of advice that you've seen really stick with your clients and work really well when they're looking to make these changes in their lives? Yeah, I really do. I I can't stress enough planning, you know, getting a couple of books. That vegan health website I mentioned, they have the website, but they also have a book called Vegan for Life, which is really good. It's made for people transitioning and it just gives you all the information. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop um, to make it simple um, so that you're not, like you said earlier, there is so much information out on the internet and in the bookstores. Vegan for Life is a really, really good just kind of sums it all up and it's not super overwhelming and so planning too so making sure that you know what you're getting into for the rest of the week having quick options available having convenience food foods available even if it's frozen meals you don't have to be cooking all your meals even if it's just something that's packaged keeping it you know accessible is really important and coming back to those motivations and reminding yourself that all the time you know especially if you're starting and you know somebody offers you something that's not vegan, remember why you're doing it. Um, and oftentimes when our motivations are bigger than ourselves, it's a lot easier to stay with it. So yeah. And, and if you have trouble, um, I do counsel people outside of my day to day. So you can always, you know, call me, email me and we can set something up. Last question. Guacamole or hummus? Oh, guac, hands down, (laughs) hands down. I'm team hummus all the way. I I love hummus. hummus. (laughs) I love hummus. I could literally eat hummus. I actually do eat hummus just about every day. It's amazing. There's so many different flavors. You can use it for different things. You can put in stir fries, dip stuff in it. You can make sauces out of it. It's amazing. It's great. (laughs) It's true. You know, it does have a lot of perks. I I have a hard time eating chickpeas, unfortunately, or else I probably would have said hummus if you asked me like three years ago. But um, for me now, it's guac. Okay. John? Uh, You know, I love both. And whenever I think about this question... I try and think of like the negatives to it and like, <laughs> like we, I love guac. Like, don't get me wrong, but like you have like 10 minutes to eat it and then it goes brown and it's like, oh man, <laughs> like there's way to, ways to make it like, you know, stay a little bit longer, but hummus, like you can keep for a little while and like go back to it. But usually you, it's so good that you just want to eat it right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, they're just both so amazing. I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard, but but that, that that's the only negative about guac is it doesn't last as long. But 
That's true. But if you love it so much, you're not. It's not going to last long anyway because you're going to eat it. So it's right, know. right. <laughs> like I bought a pack. I bought a pack yesterday, and I ate some yesterday. It's in our lunches for the week, and now I only have a little bit left. So we're we're good. <laughs> I think also with guag, if you make your own, it's way harder because you have to buy the avocado, and they have to pray mm. to the avocado gods and <laughs> sacrifice your. Um, sacrifice your chickpeas on the altar or whatever to make sure that the avocado is the perfect consistency for just that 10 minutes where you want to make guacamole <laughs> yeah that that again that's sort of what i'm getting Sounds at is like, right. it's yeah it's it's really tricky you gotta know you gotta know your avocados or you're gonna have a hard time <laughs> yeah i like the thrill of it you never know oh yeah okay yeah. you're you're into that adventure stuff there yeah. <laughs> blender solves all problems if, it's a, if you mess up right <laughs> yeah yeah well stephanie if someone wants to get a hold of you and tell you why they love hummus or guacamole or get some nutrition <laughs> advice how can they contact you um, well, I, um, I do have a website, uh, just for, you know, counseling. So, um, it's stephaniesuavelynutrition.com. You can send me an email through there. I check it regularly. Even if you just to say hello or to ask me questions, like, you know, it doesn't have to be anything formal, but I love to hear from people. And I, I really just set this website up to help people, um, like I, I would have liked help, you know, years ago when I did this. So, I'm here. And especially, you know, especially if people are out there who aren't sure if they have other health conditions, if it's right for them, um, that's something I can talk to you about too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think that's amazing because a lot of times I feel like vegans get too caught up in saying how amazing they feel after going vegan and how easy it was and how nutritious it is and all that. But they don't realize that there is a lot of complications for a lot of people and it can be fairly challenging for someone who's not quite versed in nutrition and things like that. So I think having individuals like you as a resource for people looking to practice a vegan lifestyle is amazing. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, yeah, I'm happy to pay it forward and give it back. Yeah. Thank you for all your hard work though. Seriously. Everyone, we all appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. It's so fun to be able to have a conversation with other people and you guys are, you guys are great. Thanks for making me laugh today. Absolutely. (laughs) Our pleasure. Absolutely. If anyone out there wants to ask us a question, we're not as useful as Stephanie, but we know some (laughs) things about some stuff. You could email us again at bekindpodcast at gmail.com. So thanks everyone. And thank you for listening. Thank you both for being on and happy new year. Podcast presented by the Animal Advocates of South Central Pennsylvania.